And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great. Grinning you? From ear to ear, I see. I know. I actually, uh, I'm atypically nervous about today's podcast because there's just so much good shit to talk about. I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, you know, it was weird. On Thursday, we got a lot of new listens for some weird reason all of a sudden if you look at the chart thursday spiked up right and the only thing that that plays along with that you can correlate that to is the price of gold and the, the decline in the stock market oh boy so are you no longer the little boy that cried wolf I, do you feel well, vindicated no but okay. i okay. uh i'm happy to see things moving in the direction that benefit me down <laughs> sorry to be so selfish but uh frankly put and this is comes as no surprise to anyone who, who knows me i like nothing better than markets in the state of chaos that is just my favorite place to be because people do the stupidest things Interesting, interesting. And it feels to me like we're just getting started on that sort of thing. So, so you really enjoyed the past week. Um, oh, I had a day this week where Bitcoin was down, gold and silver were up, ARC was getting caned, and I actually got a check from one of my real estate properties <laughs> They started paying rent again. So this was Tuesday when you were ready to do the show. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never been so eager to do a show, I think, in my life. It's ah. fantastic. So, And by the way, before just a couple of housekeeping notes. It's become clear to me that some people jump ahead and don't listen to the music. Now, listen, we don't ask that much here, okay? So what I'd like to do is I'd like... Those of you who skipped the music, I'd like you to pause this. I'd like you to go back and listen to the 30 seconds of fish, and then you can rejoin the recording. And um, go ahead. We'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah, there's a little button. Click. Yeah. Back, right, okay. Drag it right back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, so, uh, oh, you know, um, First and foremost, uh, I mentioned I fell down the rabbit hole and uh, had purchased some copper. Mm -hmm. I'm proud to report that I uh, got out of it. Okay. And uh, whether I made money or lost money is not relevant. It was the wrong decision. And there's that saying, 
there's um, old chestnuts and there's bold chestnuts, but there's no old bold chestnuts. <laughs> is that really a saying? <laughs> it is now. Kind of <laughs> like Kathy Woods, the uh, ultimate disruptor. <laughs> stop, stop. Before I... Uh, We're only four little, minutes in. Get left. Before, before I do a little dance on that, <laughs> um, a couple of people uh, mentioned they really enjoyed the discussion of that JGB trade uh, that we had uh, we had talked about. And just to refresh your memory, it wasn't the story of me regaling my genius making a fortune. It was me being stubborn and figuring a way out of my the hole I had dug. And um, and so. Um, Anyway, uh, I didn't see it you as you portraying yourself as as breaking the bank. I thought that was you highlighting a good technical move. I'm sorry well, that other you. people twisted it into something that's that it okay. wasn't. No, 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 no. I, it's it, it's okay. I just want to make sure. Okay, people don't see this as me trying to right to brag. Um, uh, no, this is solely 55 minutes of me and you <laughs> pissing on other people, <laughs> <laughs> taking a victory lap this week. <laughs> um, so one of the notes from a friend of mine who uh, mentioned he rather liked the discussion of the JGB. He said that there's a guy in the market now who's doing something similar with the open market operations in the Bank of England. And uh, he said the fellow's name was Glenn Haddon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought I had heard that name before. Um, so uh, I went to... Uh, this internet browser, Google, you mm. may have heard of it. Available, yeah. And I typed in Glenn Haddon. And the first thing I discovered was this was the guy I had heard of, I had heard of before. And he's Canadian. So I guess the first question I have is he must know um, Obviously. Uh, uh, Kevin and Patrick and Lena, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they, they're Canadian. They yep. all know each other, right? 100%. Okay. So, um, in the in the list of interesting situations, Glenn Haddon was a trader, maybe a partner at Goldman Sachs towards the end of 08, 09, 10, somewhere in there. Um, and he was fined and suspended for unusual behavior in the trading pits. Um, I, I have a sense, I know what may have been afoot there, but no point in speculating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fined and suspended and not surprisingly, uh, shortly after that departed Goldman Sachs and joined the firm of Morgan Stanley, another fine white shoe firm. And I think he was brought in there to bolster their fixed income trading. And uh, he certainly had an effect on their fixed income trading. Uh, Once again, on the browser Google, I found that uh, he left Morgan Stanley around the same time that there were, uh, I think, the New York Times reported enormous losses. Okay, so he left Goldman under dubious circumstances. And then he had enormous losses at Morgan Stanley. And then these things come in threes, right? Apparently, he had joined a hedge fund called Alphadine, 
where there were losses of $1.5 billion. Um, I don't know um, if you'd consider that enormous. I guess if you had a billion five, it's enormous. If you have 50 billion, it's another day. But uh, so um, I'm wondering where he's going to end up next, right? Because it just seems like these people, they, they Credit lose Suisse. a bunch of money. And uh, um, God, those freaking Canadians, they're so silky smooth, <laughs> right? There's, everyone yep. likes them. They're Friendly nice. They do it they're with a smile. Smart. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So um, once again, uh, if anyone's thinking of suing me, for, feel free. But I just read that stuff off the internet. So mm-hmm. that's my go-to. Yep, um, New York Times. <laughs> there you go. You know, the the... We were having a discussion at dinner last night, uh, my friend Ted, who you know, who, mm-hmm. by the way, he's really interested in the three of us getting together for dinner. Oh, I would like so that. Okay. I, I know you would. Yes, I know mm-hmm. you would. So we'll, we'll, we will make that happen. And I sent you an invite for a East Coast buckle dinner. I got that. I'm, I'm hoping you will be able to attend. Likewise. Thank you. Okay, good. Good. I'm talking about the Leadville buckle in case anyone, you know. Once again, Not many people. It's a be a very small gathering. Yes, yes. In fact, it realized more people have succeeded at Harvard than have succeeded at succeeded at Leadville. Do you know that? Wow. Think about that. Yeah, and Think half of those that. Harvard kids were legacies. Um, yeah, so and yeah, cut that yeah. number even in yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, anyway, uh, I got out of the copper, which. I mean, I, I had to. I mean, what kind of guy would I be if I... <laughs> I mean, I remember saying it had been so long since I used that Schwab account, I had forgotten the password. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. What can we talk about? Uh, did you notice in sort of like uh, just the, the public domain, Prince Andrew... Uh, has a collection of 72 teddy bears in Stop his it. room. Stop it. And he they have to be placed properly in the morning. No, no, no. And at night or he has a fit. No, 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 no. This this is where where did this information become how is this is this is the I National Enquirer say, or this is the New York no, Times? I think this was the New York Post. Dude. All right, well that's split in the middle. Um Yeah. Wow. That is that's yeah. deeply disturbing, dude. His elevator's going down quick. <laughs> the door opened. He walked in and realized oh, there yeah. was no elevator there. It was just ah. the shaft. Uh, yeah. But once again, we, we old chestnut uh, has kind of predicted his demise. Maybe we should get him one of those Saint Anthony's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Saint Anthony wants anything to do with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let me uh, let me regroup here mm-hmm. and try and be a little bit professional and talk about the market because that was sort of an interesting week that we had, right? Um, well, I think, uh, and I obviously say this with a little bit of a shitty grin, but I think we can put the meme that Bitcoin is a store of wealth. We can put that one away. Can it, is that okay, Liam? Can we do that? I saw people insulting gold 
this week on like Thursday or Friday. Um, yeah, this this the ship is sinking quickly for them. Okay. Um, store of wealth. Okay, explain to me your store of wealth last week versus this week. Well, let's let's just talk it about it in macro sense. What was the highest? Sixty nine thousand. Call it call it sixty eight thousand just for a round number. Let me let me look what I bought it at. And uh, yeah, <laughs> by the way, um, that loss you can write that off against our marketing. That that <laughs> I'm going to take it to zero. <laughs> um, the uh, so it went from let's say sixty eight thousand, and I looked this morning. I think it's like it's forty four. Oh, it's, oh, is it? It's back from thirty-eight. Okay. Did it go to thirty-eight? Yeah, it was thirty-eight. I, I, there were uh, so many notifications on my screen, uh, I couldn't read them all. Uh, um, yeah, it was hovering around thirty-six last night or something. When uh, yeah, it was, it's falling apart. Okay, so um, so thirty-five, Morris. Morris, it's thirty-five right now. Right, right now, thirty-five. Yeah. Get back in there and sell. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have any money left to buy the dip? <laughs> well, um, so uh, yeah. A store of wealth doesn't get cut in half in three weeks. Okay. You want to trade your Bitcoin. You want to pay for your fentanyl and your heroin and your child uh, sex trafficking with Bitcoin by, by all means. You want to cause global warming with your Bitcoin, fine. But store of wealth, we're going to set that aside. <clears throat> the second thing, uh, can I move on or? No, no, no. I mean, it's, we put it to bed. We, we yeah, don't want to okay. perseverate on yeah. this. What a great word. I got to use the word alacrity in some. some You've gotten it in once, but yeah. Okay. Kathy Wood. Okay. <laughs> now, listen, I'm going to try. First a word from our sponsors. I'm going to try and see if I can do this without fucking this up. Okay. Uh, this is like an audio visual thing, but oh, mostly yeah, audio. Okay. Are you ready? Let's see if I can do it. of stocks like GM and Ford, they soared on those electric vehicle announcements. Think about that. That's ridiculous. It's only 2% of their sales. And what if the other 98% or so forth are on their way out as the consumer preference shifts toward electric? They have problems. They're probably going to be facing some credit issues since they're hugely leveraged to the credit that people take out on their autos. And as prices go down, residual values go down, where are the crazy valuations now? Are they in our stocks or is it in an auto stock where there might be losses? And what's that P.E. ratio? That's infinity. That's where the bubble is. Okay, so I gotta shut this thing off. Please I, shut it off. I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can listen to a second time. Shut so, it off. So I'm sitting in the kitchen about an hour ago, trying to figure out how to do this so I could play it for you. Nailed it. And Cheryl and Kate are sitting at the kitchen table. Cheryl, by the way, made some chocolate babka yesterday. Come on, dude, it's sick. All right, I'll see it's you on Monday. Sick. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, I'm playing this and she looks over me and, and she, this is a quote, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and I look at her and I said, it's Kathy Wood. And she, Cheryl doesn't know the name cause she mm -hmm, doesn't mm -hmm. follow that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But she says, it swear to God, it sounds like a terrible kindergarten teacher. 
Sounds like Saturday Night Live. So, so just a couple of things in here that, because it is a little pathetic to dance on someone's grave. Um, not that I would do such a thing, and not that we predicted it so many weeks ago, even though we didn't short it, but, but I digress. Um, so here's why this is such a, a farce to me. I've used that word a lot the last time. Fine. Weeks. It's been a farcical year. So she talks about um, how f- the auto dealers are levered because people are borrowing money to buy cars. Uh, excuse me. Um, how many people do you know pay for a car without taking out a car loan? So that's insane. insane. A couple of things that are going through the notes of last week and trying to bring this home a little bit. Um, you were, you got out a little bit over your skis last week about Ford and, and, and it's okay. You know, you're young and enthusiastic, but I wanted to come back to that because I think this is a big deal. So you are the proud owner of a Ford F-150. Yep. Okay. So my daughter and son-in-law work for a, a company that manufactures heavy equipment. And one thing I've seen and heard and watched them talk about is people develop brand loyalty. Okay. So if you're a Ford F-150 guy, you're always going to be a Ford F-150 guy. Bingo. And in fact, this is kind of, uh, this is why talking to people who know more than you is a good thing. My son-in-law pointed out, you get, if you get an electric Ford F-150, okay, every construction worker is going to get that because he can put a compressor on the back of his truck, and he's got a battery. So he can go to any job site, pull the thing up, and he doesn't have to go looking for external power. And it exists. It's a real truck. Yeah. It exists. And, yep. and it's not a Ford. I mean, excuse me, it's a Ford. So you want to buy a Ford, you got your Ford. You're not, you're not, if you're a Ford guy, okay, you're not buying freaking Elon Musk exactly Cybertruck because you're you, you're going to pull up to the job site right half the guys have got the Fords the other half got the Chevys bingo right and mm-hmm. you're going to pull up and excuse this is just because this is construction site talk this is not me but the first guy pulls up and it's going to be like look at that faggoty ass little guy in his Tesla that no one's doing that so, not happening. So that's um, the real world. That's the difference between the world where you and I could walk onto a construction site in downtown Manhattan, and that conversation we just had makes sense. Kathy doesn't do that. She she's like she walks down to that site. Oh, you guys are all going to have an autonomous Tesla, and your robo taxi will drop you off at this site. That's yeah. the world she lives in. So uh, she's done, and um, well, I I mean you know maybe. Can I maybe. Add- Go ahead. Can I ask you about that fishy that fishy chart that I sent you about her inflows and outflows? That it looks like somebody's propping her up. Where there were big inflows this week um, that didn't really jive with the with the. I sent I you tr- the chart. I don't trust any of that information. Okay, it's um, a lot of the stuff's delayed. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to know. What I do know is a couple of things. One is to quote 
as I said before, that famous raconteur, Kevin Muir, the bull market and bullshit is over. Okay, that's number one. Number two, uh, you have a couple of things going on. And uh, once again, a free plug, because we don't take advertising. Um, Gave Cal, they have this sub publication called Gave Cal IS, and it's written by a French guy named Didier Darset. And uh, I've emailed with him once or twice, but I, you know, I don't know. He writes these things there like once a month, and it's ex- uh, sorry, Didier, if you hear this, it's expensive. It's 150 bucks a month, which is relatively expensive. I like it because um, it tests me mentally, and you know I can afford uh, to spend that. Uh, you know, if if someone's just starting out and you got a hundred bucks to spend, you know, go to uh, the Daily Shot and sign up for Lynn Alden's free letter, um, and then uh, go upstairs from your parents' basement and ask to borrow $300 from your mom and sign up for Kevin Mears. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, this is what happens. I, it's this Saturday morning, right? So I'm all full of, full of piss and vinegar and stuff. Anyway, why do I bring up the Gave Cal IS? Uh, I'm assuming I can go ahead and just talk about it because I paid for it. It's Absolutely. not like I'm passing yeah, it around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I won't use the fancy, uh, eloquent way he went about this because it's a little too fancy and eloquent for me. But he basically showed that stocks rely on um, three things, which I agree with, by the way. One is corporate profits. Makes sense. One is the price of primary energy and interest rates. Okay, so let's break those down for a second. Corporate profits, I don't know. I'm sure they're good, but I also know that two of my three children in the last 12 months have each gotten three raises. So unless revenues go up, corporate profits are going to decline. Okay, so that one's no good. So we're 0 for 1. The price of primary energy, which I'm going to go with CLQ, which is crude oil. That's up, right? I mean, what's a gallon of gas cost? Four oil bucks? is at 86. Yeah, no. Yeah. Gas is 329, 339. National yeah. average is probably 350. Call it. But oil has been creeping higher and higher okay. and higher, okay. 84, 85. Yeah. All right. So the price of energy is up. Yep. And so we're 0 for 2. And uh, number three, interest rates. They're up. So in American baseball, you get three strikes and you're out. So uh, according to Didier, and he's got charts and stuff, which I, you know, I, I don't have the talent to, to put up and I don't know whether copyright would let me do it. But basically, when those these three things are going the wrong way, you don't want to own stocks. Uh, that being said, you know, I'm – as I've told you, I'm looking for a place that I can buy and, you know, old chestnut can ride off into the sunset. And, but I, you know, I, we're still a long way from there. Uh, a long way from there. I would say, 
the truth be told, it's going to sound like a lot, but I don't, in the grand scheme of things, it isn't. It's about 15% from here. Okay. Okay. Now, um, old Charlie Munger said something I saw recently. This is great. He said, you know, in economics, it's pretty obvious how things are going to work out. What's not obvious is when it's going to happen, right? So, uh, you know, I'm, as we've talked about over the years, I haven't felt great about being a stock picker, uh, individual stock picker, mm -hmm. although young Catherine did some research, or Lisa, a couple of years ago. And, and, and my uh, experience was better than I had expected, but nothing I'm going to claim like, you know, I just Understood. aren't going to go that route. But um, I have this book. Uh, what's the name of it? I've talked about it. Hang on one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen percent away from you getting back in the door. Um, that's not that. That's not an astounding number. Um, no, it's uh, this book I'm talking about is Duff and Phelps. It's like a financial yearbook, and in there they talk about historical returns for different kinds of asset classes. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I've I've liked about it is it shows uh, the returns for uh, large cap stocks which would be similar to the S&P 500, and then small cap stocks, which is similar to, let's say, the Russell 2000. Now, our uh, snowboard fish fan friend pointed out to me in the middle of the week that this Russell 2000 thing has been caned. And so when I say that we're getting close to being within 15% of, um, I, I, you know, I'm not making investment recommendations. I don't do that. I'm just talking about what I'm thinking about because as I keep saying, you have to invest for yourself, right? My approach doesn't work. hundred percent. Yep. But uh, that thing's down far enough. If it gets, goes down another 15%, we're getting into a zone that, you know, I think I would, would put some capital to work. Um, do I think we're going to get there? If I have a gun to my head, I'm going to say yes. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because what's happening is you're seeing this phenomenon of the bad trades force the good trades out. Okay. And remember last week I talked about how people will have a portfolio of trades and they'll have some good ones and some bad ones, and they'll net the two P&Ls, and they'll go, okay, well, I'm still doing okay, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's happening is the good trades are going down a little bit. The bad trades are going down a lot, and, and so you're having to have portfolio liquidation. So um, I don't know if this is consistent, but it's an aside. So uh, I've been in a few hedge funds and, and, you know, whether I've been an investor, whether I've worked in them, and certainly uh, I managed traders and had P&Ls of my own to manage. And so after sort of the bearings disaster of in, let's say, the middle 90s where the guy blew up the firm, there was a huge push on an increase in risk management. So one of the things that got put into place 
uh, and it was kind of unrelated to bearings, but it just it just got thrown in there, would be this concept of a drawdown from a high. So if a trader's up 10 million bucks, it's all shits and giggles. But if he goes from like 10 million to 5 million, the risk guy comes down and says, we're cutting your positions. And the trader's like, screw you, I'm up $5 million. And the risk guy goes, no, screw you. You signed this thing when you joined that said if you had a drawdown of X percent, we you're having your risk cut. And guess what? Your, your risk is getting cut. And, that, and that's that's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. So ARC has gone from, I don't know, round numbers 160 yep. to 70. Mm-hmm. So 70, so half of 160 is 80. And 70 is less than 80. So that thing's got more than a 50% drawdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to start to wonder if real holders of these things and the stocks that ARC owns that underlie this stuff, you're you're getting this sort of reduction in, in risk capital in the market, which has this knock-on effect. And one of my favorite quotes which uh, say way too much is bear markets find the mistakes the auditors couldn't. So uh, to talk about something I have a little experience with, uh, municipal bonds. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you want to give my stock trading a D, maybe a gentleman's C, let's assume I went to Harvard, so I got a C. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Leadville, of course, you get a DNF, but Harvard, you get a C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of these municipal bond funds, okay, they buy muni bonds and they have leverage in them. Now, it's not a lot of leverage in my world, but it's a lot of leverage in most people's world, and they generally don't know their fund is levered. It's in the fine print, okay? But what happens is these munis get issued all the time, and these funds have a ton of money. And so they don't have a lot of flexibility because there's not a lot of stuff to buy. So every piece of crap that comes down the line they got to take some of it because munis are small and the funds are big. And then to juice the returns, they can go out and borrow money on a short-term basis. Okay. So they get a hundred million dollars in from investors. They buy a hundred million dollars worth of crap munis. Then they take those crap munis and they give them to somebody and that person gives them 30 million dollars so uh uh, you know one-third leverage and then they take that 30 that they just got and they go buy another 30 million of crap munis and in a very steep yield curve meaning you can borrow long you can borrow short-term money at low rates and you invest at a higher rate it's all shits and giggles right so as uh, Snowboard Fish Fan and I have, have enjoyed over the years, 
you know, as soon as you realize the Fed's easing, you start grabbing these muni ETFs because you know that the borrowing rate's going to drop. They got a portfolio of this stuff. The lower rates are going to improve credit quality. You know, all, all good things happen. Okay. But now we're in the reverse. The economy is arguably, arguably slowing with all due respect to Kevin Muir's pointing out how strong the consumer balance sheet is. But let's just say the uh, economy is slowing. That's going to impair credit quality. You have the Fed is raising rates, which means the borrowing cost on these funds, which are levered, right, mm-hmm. is going to go higher. So that net margin between the two, right, and uh, then what happens is people decide, hey, wait a minute, uh, I need my money back. And that's when the shit hits the fan. And I'm sure there's stuff like that all over the place. And that's why when we go back to why do I think the equity market could get caned another 15%, um, that, that's part of it. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is the market is almost like this conscious being. And I, I know that's a little bizarre, but it's, you know, I'm, it's early onset. It's early onset Alzheimer's. Don't, don't second guess. Go ahead. Con- we got the market um, as a conscious being. I like this. So people have talked about the notion of a Fed put, right? If All the time. stock market goes down so much, the Fed's going to come in and they're going to. It has entered the lexicon. It is okay, a, it is a term now. Okay. So the great prognosticator of prognosticators, Dave Zervos, <laughs> you know, has said the Fed puts lower. So if you take that concept and marry it to the notion that the market is this conscious being, what the market wants to do is it wants to find out where that put is struck. And it's got to be lower, right? Because they didn't come in yesterday and do anything. Um, just to to rattle on a bit longer, because this is an important point, and I don't want to forget it. Um, so uh, we talked about last week how uh, Jamie Diamond of J.P. Morgan, I almost said J.P. Marlin. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling for six rate hikes. I think yeah. we said okay. seven, six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's say six. Let's say they're 25 each. That's mm-hmm. 150 basis points. And I said this last week, but I, I want to repeat this because we now are in the area of something I do think I can claim understanding of. The two-year note trades about 1%. If the funds rates in 18 months going to be a buck and a half, 150, the two-year note ain't going to be a one. And by the way, it ain't going to be a one and a half because in Fed tightening environments, the two-year note trades cheap to the funds rate. The two-year note will trade rich to the funds rate when the Fed's easing, right? So I don't think, keep in mind, the Fed hasn't tightened 
at all, right? You know, as far as I know, he's set to leave on the 6 a.m. flight, and he hadn't packed a thing, and he hadn't called a soul. Not a buddy to pick me up from the airport. Mm. (laughs) Why the 1% to your note, Colonel? (laughs) I'm sorry. If you've never seen A Few Good Men, you're going to think I lost my marbles. But So the NASDAQ is down 5 or 10% for the year. You haven't had one increase in the federal funds rate. I don't believe you had any decrease in the Fed's quantitative easing, right? So I don't think. I mean, no, you said that's not consequential either. Well, it it it's going to ultimately be there'll, there'll be a you know there'll be a time where it starts to to add up. Okay, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the first shot has not been fired. Okay, and the stocks are giving it up. Okay, going back, and these fucking guys should give me a free subscription because. I, I talk about him, and I'm going to talk about him again. Gave Cal IS. This is statement of the obvious. It's something I've said a bunch, but I think he put it in a nice way. Okay. So he talked about there's two kinds of, let's say, investments. And I'm paraphrasing. Debt and equity. And each of these investments trades with this notion of duration. Okay. Um, So the way I think of duration is it's a measure of how long it takes for you to get your money back. You can look it up on Wikipedia. There's all sorts of different things, but this is our podcast. So that's my, that's our definition of it. Okay. So what this fellow did was he said, let's say you have a bond and interest rates go up X amount of percent. The bond is going to drop in price by about 9% because the bond has a maturity. You with me so far? Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. If you assume the same change in interest rates on a stock, the same change, same percent, same interest rate change, the stock drops by 40%. Wow. Because a stock doesn't have a fixed maturity. It's what is called a perpetual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is the kind of thing when I've been moaning about these price earnings ratios, how they, how do you get a price earnings ratio? Anyway, uh, I think last week, towards the end, I I urged caution. And (laughs) I think that statement is still operative. Um, I I don't, that's... Explain the Fed put to me and and why you think it has a lot farther to go. Like, walk me through that idea. Okay. Well, the idea is, give me a little latitude on this. Okay, so uh, we were coming out of like the global financial crisis, and I think Bernanke, 
uh, talked about the notion of if you could increase the stock market, you would increase household wealth. Household wealth would stimulate consumption. Stimulated consumption would cause growth, rein, uh, a, a virtuous cycle. Okay. So therefore, anytime the stock market would go down, you know, they had this thing, this this joke called the PPP, the plunge protection plan or something like that. Okay. And the idea was the Fed would buy securities or inject liquidity. And so and that was part of Zervos's risk parity thing, which worked so nicely. He would buy the, the spoos and then he would buy some sort of fixed income security thinking if the S&Ps went down, the interest rates would drop and the, his asset, his long asset would go up and those two things would yield a positive result. And so uh, that kind of a idea of a put by the Fed that if things got bad, they would come in and save the day. That's the Fed put. What's happened here is you've had the stock market go up so much, okay? You've had the disparity between the have and the have-nots grow so much. And I don't, what was the stock market up last year, 25%? And yeah. the year before that, it was up 20% or something yes. like that? Yeah, 50 okay. in two years, yeah. Okay, so uh, the Fed put can't be 4 or 5% lower from here because it's like, what the fuck? We were higher than, and, and so uh, that's why I think the Fed put has to be substantially lower. That's number one. Number two, the concept of the inflation has taken hold in the zeitgeist. So everyone's talking about it. And for, for a moment, let's not debate whether it's transitory or not. Let's just agree that that's what people are talking about right now. So the Fed is talking about raising rates to fight inflation. If the stock market goes down 5%, they can't stop raising rates, right? So, let, so let's do the my favorite thing, and I will get the Latin wrong, but reduction ad absurdum. I, I like to do this. Okay, so let's say... You come in on Monday and stock market's down 90%. Well, the Fed's going to come in and they're going to give liquidity and the banking system. Okay. So you know it down 90 they're coming in. Okay. Well, let's say you come in and Monday it's down 5%. Well, you know they're not coming in, right? And you just go back and forth. You iterate between the two and it's like, well, if it's down 80, will they come in? Yes. If it's down 8 Will they come in? No. If it's down 75, will it? Okay. So, you know, where's the Fed put? 50%. It, I would say it's probably 30 or 40%. But 30 more, or 40%. But more importantly, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's how you get there. Okay. So if you're down 40% tomorrow, which you're not going to be because right. it's, it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no. If, if, uh, if it's down 40% Monday they're probably going to come in and, and chatter, okay? But that's because you had a discontinuous move. And what they really understand, fair enough, that, you know, you don't want the banking system to seize up. 
Okay. So now we have this back and forth where if over the next six months, the stock market declines 30% or something like that, I mean, you're still not back to where you were two years ago. Yeah, you got a pandemic and you're still up. (laughs) Kathy's back to where she was six weeks ago. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to. When she stops going on TV, you can stop. Okay. okay? It it hit me today. uh, I mean, that poor woman's just so out of her depth with this thing. You know, if you go on Google and type Kathy Wood, the first thing that I saw was there was a serial killer named Kathy Wood. And I just wanted to be sure it wasn't the same person. Um, I don't think it was. But if you look at, like, there's a, I don't know if you've ever, you ever use this Google thing? Occasionally. It's pretty good. You could Google something, and then there's a little tab that says images. Yeah, I use it for cats. Oh, you like cats? Oh, yeah. Big okay. cat guy. Um. I clicked on images and there's many, many pictures of her that are publicity headshots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I you know can, the sh- Yeah. You I've know what I'm them. talking about, right? The whole catalog. Yep. Talk about putting the goocher on yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, she is now the Mary Meeker of her generation and in the next chapter of Pop Driller Delusions of Madness of Crowds, there'll be a chapter about her and it either preceded or followed by the chapter of those two chuckleheads that said, buy Bitcoin and sell gold because we're going to fly to asteroids and we're going to mine gold. <laughs> Remember that? No. You don't, what was it? No. This is what year when, is this? What year is this? Like, 18 months ago. Oh, really? That's when you had oh. that, that barstool idiot guy <laughs> and, uh, and the two, uh, the Winklevi, maybe? No, I, I erased it from my memory. I apologize. I, I'm going to have to go find it. It's so later. absurd. <laughs> um, I'm trying to keep it real here. Dude, it's it's turned dark for her. It's turned dark for those Winklevoss kids. I saw I saw one of them said, uh, uh, I don't know when it was, Thursday or Friday, but they said something like, Bitcoin, B- Bitcoin will have forever disrupted the monetary system. I was like, yeah, that's, that's the kind He's, of things you say when, right. it's, when it's winding down. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I told you we had uh, our friends, uh, Ted and Cheryl, over for dinner last night. And um, uh, Cheryl made delicious uh, uh, mushroom ragu because mm. she and the other Cheryl are vegetarian. Mm-hmm. She made Ted and I uh, turkey. Mm, it okay. had a, um, like with a raisin kind mm. of... Um, sauce but you can't mm. tell ted it's a sauce you have to tell him it's gravy because if he <laughs> hears it's sauce he won't eat it uh, anyway uh he was telling me uh about a young man he knows who's working on one of these broadcasting things and uh he said there's been a lot of call for stories about the crypto and uh i was trying to explain to him uh, Ted, about this concept of tether, which, by the way, you've not heard a peep about, have you? I got a little something on them this week. Yeah, yeah. What'd you get? 
No, just people still saying like, you know, when they about the swaps, like, you know, about like swapping tether for dollar for Bitcoin and and how it's just and they put up a new shiny new website this week. That's what Tether did huh. this week. They have not no still no audit and a website with more misinformation that's vague at best. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And big kudos to Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren. Uh, for absolutely doing not a fucking thing about this. Yeah. I mean, it's... Maybe it's, they won't have to. Maybe it'll just go to zero and go away. Dude, if that happens... Excuse me. We can fix this in editing, right? Um, not if that happens. When that happens, it's going to be a shit show like you can't believe. Yeah. So one of the things that... Uh, in the old days, when you would have these orders and you'd fill them in the pit, the open outcry, um, every time there was a trade, somebody in the pit, and it was supposed to be the seller on the trade, would signal to a clerk who typed in the trade. Yeah, in the and yellow the trade, jacket. The trade would show up. Now, you could put up a fake quote, which people did, because... It was not, uh, how do I put it? This was in the days of analog, right? So, you know, seven bit at eight, seven bit at eight, you know, some eights are trading and, and some guy who um, uh, was trying to get the market up, uh, he would want the eight print out because eight's higher than seven, right? So. And, and the way you would get the clerk's attention would be radio. Radio, eights trade, eights trade, eights trade, and try and keep that, that print up there. Uh, and uh, where the fuck was I going with this? I don't know. Propping up the prices? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Talk uh, about the pit and the open outcry and, and, and putting the fake, fake price up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Manipulating the price. I don't know where you're going. Um, it, it'll come to me, but it mm -hmm, won't be mm -hmm. probably till tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we were having dinner with. Do you have a mushroom ragu? Yeah. Uh, no. You were explaining gravy. the tether. Tether. Okay, Put the price up tether. 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 Yeah. So uh, people don't aren't going to know and it's not going to matter until it matters. Okay. And then once that thing breaks down, it spills um, over into it's everything gonna spill, else. It's going to spill over into everything else. And all of a sudden I, okay, I got it. Apologies. Okay. So in the open outcry pit, right? If you had, if you had a client order, Okay. You were obligated on a market order to fill it at the next best possible price. Okay. If it got chaotic, the pit committee would signal to the clerk that we are now in a fast market. And what that meant was if you didn't like, if you were the client and you didn't think you got a good fill, okay, uh, you didn't have any thing to complain about because it was a fast market your broker did the best thing he could for you and there you go right okay. okay yeah yeah 
the thing with these electronic trading now is you hit market order, okay, and you hit a vacuum, there's no pit committee. There's no 30 guys making markets for you. It's, uh, you know. FTX and Binance and Coinbase. And, and yeah. a bunch of Russian and Indian mm-hmm. fellows with algorithms that are going to screw you. And yeah. so the thing about the tether, I think it really runs the risk of this cascading failure because everybody figures, oh, there's liquidity. Oh, there's liquidity. As, uh, liquidity is ephemeral. It's there till it's not. And I, I can tell you, I've seen it go from you can hit the thing with a 20-pound sledgehammer and not move stuff. And I can tell you times that you look around and there's absolutely nothing. Yeah. And wow. I don't think people are prepared for what could happen uh, with this electronic trading. And um, which is why for me, um, what, what I have been able to do is figure out a little bit of the algorithms. So in, in one case, uh, there's a security that I've trafficked in for the last couple of years. And I really like it. And um, I'm not going to say what it is because there's no point. Uh, I'd mm-hmm. just rather not talk about mm-hmm. that because if someone buys it and it doesn't work, then I'm a bad guy. <laughs> and anyway, but what I do is I, I put in orders below the market towards the end of the day because what happens is, uh, Guys will accumulate positions in these things. And then if it doesn't go up by the end of the day, they'll get frustrated and they'll just like punch it out. And so especially this week, I've accumulated, I don't know, almost 200,000 shares of this one thing, which probably only trades 15,000 shares a day on average Mm -hmm. uh, because I just have a bid in and I just wait and they they freaking whack me. And, uh, um, you know, so I get hit at let's say twenty seven ten, and then the next day, you know, it opens up at twenty seven thirty because the, wow. the coconuts out of the way. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this is a small thing, and, and but I think you multiply it over a thousand of these things, and uh, so I don't know. Wow. I didn't do a great job explaining that, but All right. you know. All right. So what? So what? So the, so Tether has they, there's, they haven't made a peep this week. Um, what do you what do you read into that? It's just it's it's been pushed into the shadows. I I think it's a fraud, and I think they're doing everything they can to uh, keep it out of the limelight. I mean, mm-hmm. Big Ed, I think, was the one who said that, and I don't remember the numbers. But let's say they paid a fifty million dollar fine. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a freaking audit would cost them a million bucks. Yeah. Last I looked, a million is less than fifty million. Why, why? Why would you not? Yeah, yeah. And and why do all of the people involved involved in the cryptocurrencies? Let's talk about Novogratz. Let's Taylor. talk about Alan Howard. 
Let's talk about Michael Saylor. Let's talk about the, the Winklevoss twins. Um, who else? Matt Damon. Matt, Matt, Matt Damon. Why is, why is there no self-regulation? Why aren't they saying, guys, we need to make this thing robust? And by the way, why hasn't Goldman Sachs done it? They're talking about it with clients. Morgan Stanley, okay? Uh, I, I don't know any of these firms that have made a stand, but I, I, I do know they won't hold Bitcoin for clients. Bingo. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but uh, I, you know, you know, Goldman Sachs had a, they were in the news quite a bit this week. <laughs> they were down like 10% or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Or did, was there something else I missed? Guys upstairs got 30% raises. Only fair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on the compensation stuff. Insidebaseballcast at gmail.com because we've gotten a lot of good stuff um, this oh, week especially. But I put up a couple of things. Did you see what I put up? No, not yet. No, no, no. <laughs> that thing with that kid in Australia who had the house party? Oh, I, didn't, I, I know nothing about oh, it. Dude, dude, I am not going to spoil this for you, but this is the funniest fucking thing I've seen in months. <laughs> Out of Australia. Okay. It's yeah. on, all right. okay. It's on the, it's on the website. The, what else did I put up? Oh, there's a woman, uh, Canadian too. Maybe it looks a little bit like Kevin. Maybe they're related. She describes what a NFT is. <laughs> and by the way, if you scroll down further on the website, yep. there's a chart that compares ARC to the internet bubble, which predicts ARC is going to uh, uh, $30 a share. So I think that's a good place to stop. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. It was been a fun week. Um, but you think 10 to 15 more, you think 30% for the Fed put. I think the Fed puts 30%, assuming it's a gradual decline. Okay. Yes. Okay. Assume. Now, when you say gradual, can you do 5%, 10%? What's a gradual decline over the week? 10% over the course of the week is gradual enough? No. Uh, no. Well, That's too I much? I, I don't know. I don't think the okay. market's going down 10% over the course of the week. I think what's going to happen here is this is going to be death by a thousand paper cuts. Ah, uh, okay. And then- in true fashion, you will have huge short squeeze rallies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, because that's how bear markets trade. But we'll see. So you'll so you'll get exciting volatility um, and and pockets of of exuberance and and interesting. As uh, Leslie likes to say, get your bag of popcorn and sit down. Yep. All right. Great to see you, buddy. All right, pal. I'll talk to you next week. God willing. <laughs> Take care. Cheers. <laughs>